0: Our subject at this time for consideration is a question. The question, why preach election? Our text is found in Romans chapter 8 and verse 33. We read, who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. Whatever else this text may teach, It cannot be honestly denied that it also teaches God has an elect people and that the elect are justified by Almighty God. Now be it understood, this text is not the only scripture which teaches the blessed doctrine of divine and sovereign election. Election is one of the most prominent doctrines of the Bible. So prominent is it that the only way to get rid of election is to get rid of the Bible. And Christ says, the Bible shall not pass away. One man has adroitly said, try to explain election and you may lose your mind, but try to explain it away and you may lose your soul. Explanation inability does not erase proclamation responsibility. If the success of our witnessing is dependent on our ability to explain Bible doctrine, the inevitable result will be utterly negative. The primary mission of the believer is one of proclamation. If he will attend to this duty, God will bless his word and give the sure increase. Paul may plant and Apollos may water. But let us remember, it is always God that gives the increase. 1 Corinthians 3 and verse 6. This does not mean the Christian cannot have a great measure of understanding of the Word of God. Now does it mean he is shut up in his witness to the verbatim Word of God without comment thereon? But what it does mean is, his comment must agree with the scriptures. He must realize his comprehensive portion is a gift from God, be it small or great, that he is a mere instrument in God's eternal purpose to save his people, and that salvation is of the Lord from the beginning to the end. Christ is the Alpha and Omega of salvation. The words elect Elected, election, elects are Bible terms, and in their sum, apart from their synonyms or cognates, are used 27 times in Scripture. The term elect simply means to choose or select, or to pick out some or a part of the whole. The words elect and chosen are so close akin they can be used interchangeably without losing any significant meaning of the words. Why preach election? Many are the ready, valid, and incontrovertible answers to this question, of which many we will present a few. One reason for sure, God has commanded that we preach election, because he has commanded us to preach the word of God and the glorious doctrine of election is a part of that inerrant word. Our text, Romans 8 and verse 33, should suffice to prove this point. But due to much handling the word of God deceitfully, great ignorance abounds concerning this truth. Because Satan has transformed himself into an angel of light, and many false prophets are gone out into the world who mock and deny the plain truth of God's Word, a few other scriptural answers are in order and forthcoming. The Bible makes election basal to the entire scheme of redemption. And of the plentitude of scriptures supporting this assertion, I will cite a few. But first, let me say that God called preacher is commanded to preach the word, all the counsel of God, 2 Timothy 4.2 and Acts 20 verse 27. And we are reminded, all scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for our doctrine. Therefore, I want to, of a truth, say to you, as Paul said to the Ephesian church, I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you. Paul preached the doctrine of election. Therefore, we are irrevocably driven to declare that it is a profitable doctrine. It was to the church, or we might say the Ephesian church, Paul said, He, that is God, hath chosen or elected us in Him, that is in Christ, before the foundation of the world. Ephesians 1 and verse 4. So it is, Election is a Bible doctrine, a profitable doctrine, and therefore a doctrine not to be kept back, but preached. It exalts God and edifies the saints. Knowing the blessed truth that God has elected a certain number of Adam's fallen posterity to salvation does not quench the evangelistic spirit, but makes preaching all the more meaningful. For the humble servant of the Lord knows he shall save his people from their sin. He knows all of his gospel effort is not in vain, and that God will in due season make his word effectual in some. The Armenian has not this confidence. The burden of the gospel will become heavy, and those called to the task of sowing it will be tempted to turn back. But the Lord of the harvest speaks to them, saying, He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with them. Psalm 126 and verse 6. Some of the gospel seed will fall by the wayside, and some shall fall in stony places. But bless God, some will fall into good ground and bring forth some a hundred and some sixtyfold and some thirtyfold. The Lord has said, For as the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and maketh it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower, and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth, it shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. Paul tells us that the gospel is the sword of the Spirit, And with this sword the Spirit opens the hearts of God's elect people, whereby they are enabled to believe the precious word of God. Thus it was with Lydia, whose heart the Lord opened, that she attended unto the things which were spoken by Paul. Acts 16 and verse 14. A person may withstand the most forceful of human presentations of the gospel, and intellectually Dodge every swing or stroke of the gospel sword wielded by man. But when the word of the gospel is empowered by the Holy Spirit, it is irresistible. The learned and the unlearned, the rich and the poor, the skeptic and the simple, the ruler and the ruled, all stand utterly helpless before the sovereign Holy Spirit and his all-conquering word they become like the little child Samuel and say, Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. In Hebrews 4 and verse 12, For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of the soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. We may cover up the spots and blemishes and present a pretty nice picture to the mirror in our home. It will cooperate with us for it can tell us only what it sees. And usually what it sees is not the real person. But not so with God's infallible mirror. Everything is open to the eyes of Him with whom we have to do. Secondly, why preach election? Election should be preached because it exalts God. Arminianism exalts man at the expense of God's glory. In Psalm 18 and verse 46, let the God of my salvation be exalted. In the final analysis, there are two schools of theology regarding soteriology or the salvation of the soul. First, there is the school of sovereign grace which teaches God has a right to do what he will with his own and any God with less power is surely not the God of the Bible. The school of sovereign grace teaches God chose are elected, an infinite host of Adam's utterly depraved and ungodly offspring, that they were accepted in the Beloved, that is in Christ, and this election was to the praise of the glory of his grace. Ephesians 1 verses 4 through 6. The school of sovereign grace teaches that the glory of God or the manifestation of his perfections is the highest, supreme, and ultimate end of all things, and that God never acts except to glorify and exalt himself. This school teaches that the work which brings God the greatest glory is not the creation of the world, but the redemption and recreation of God's elect, The school of sovereign grace continues and contends that election must be preached because it is the ground from which true holiness grows, and that holy lies magnifies God above all things. Man left to himself, a part from elective grace, will continue in his sin and rebellion against the truth of sovereign grace. But even in their diabolical nature, they unconsciously serve God's inscrutable design, that is, to glorify and exalt himself. Surely the wrath of man shall praise thee, O God. Psalm 76 and verse 10. The school of sovereign grace teaches that divine election was not arbitrary, that is, at random and without reason, but that God's choice of his people was omnisciently and omnipotently exercised and purpose for the glorifying of His grace and mercy. Romans 9:18. Therefore He hath mercy on whom He will have mercy. There is not a man who has or shall ever live who deserves to be saved. Nay, not Abraham, Moses, David, Peter, Paul, John, and surely neither you nor I. If salvation was according to desert or human merit, then Adam and all of his posterity would be numbered among that infamous host who eternally cry, I am tormented in this flame. Thank God for sovereign election. God does not owe any man a home on earth, much less in heaven. And if any of Adam's spiritual orphans make it to a home in glory, they will enter it by the strength of God's adoptive mercy and not by creature goodness or merit. Scripture, Titus 3 and verse 5, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy He saved us. Sovereign mercy is of such nature that it cannot be compelled, coerced, restrained, neither can it no duress or be denied. The opponents of election say, Yea. But if God has infinite mercy and does not show it to all, then God would be unjust. The willful sin of humanity's federal head, Adam, has locked the doors of merited death against all men. Death passed upon all men for that all have sinned. God holds man responsible for his sin and does not owe any the least favor. However, God's justice is satisfactorily Acquainted with the offering which his mercy has provided for the elect, by which a full, complete, and everlasting pardon was purchased for those included in the covenant of election. The scripture says, God pardons his people because he delighteth in mercy. At this date, there are over 400 persons in the U.S. who are in prisons, death row, A number of that four hundred is in our own state. If the governor has mercy on one and pardon them, he does no injustice to the other, for the court has decreed that all deserve to die. Paul anticipated the objection that election was unfair and unjust and said to the objector, Nay, but, O man, who art thou, that replies against God, shall the thing formed say to him that formed it, Why hast thou made me thus? Romans 9 and 20. Paraphrasing Paul's language in this text, he says, No creature, man or angel, has a right to talk back to God. Whoever heard of the molded product judging and censoring the molder for the way it was molded, God is the sovereign, omniscient potter. Before the decrees of God, every question is out of order. And if God displays his glory by extending mercy to some, while passing by others, none has a right to reply against God, or say unto him, What doest thou? And Paul says he does it, that the purpose of God according to election might stand, not of work, but of him that calleth. Not only should election be preached, but it should occupy a prominent place. In our preaching. For while election is not salvation, there would be no salvation without election. Without election, there would be no warrant for preaching. For without election, there is no assurance that any shall ever be saved. So it is. The doctrine of election provides the preacher with his greatest incentive for declaring the unsearchable riches of God's grace. Simply, the glorious gospel of Christ. For he knows in due season some shall be effectually called by the Spirit of grace, and that there is nothing that exalts God more than the reigning of grace where sin did abound. Election, thirdly, election is of God. That's why we should preach it. Note our text, Romans 8:33. It says, God's elect. A person is not saved because he chooses God, but he chooses God because he is saved. If any man loves God, it is because God first loved him. And if any go up to heaven, it is because Christ, out of elective love and mercy, came down first to earth to die in his room and in his stead. God hath once suffered for sin, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God. 2 Peter 3.18 First Thessalonians 1, 4, Knowing, brethren, beloved, your election of God. It is not knowing God of your election, but knowing your election of God. Election precedes knowledge, that is, true spiritual knowledge. Nowhere in Scripture is it said, Thank God for free will. But Paul does thank God for election. But we are bound to give thanks always to God for you, brethren beloved of the Lord, because God hath from the beginning chosen you to salvation. The people are the proper order. Salvation first, then comes holiness. The Bible is God's word, and we must submit thereto, even when it contradicts our reasoning. In fact, human reasoning in the Bible are ever antagonistic, the one to the other and never more so in any matter than the doctrine of sovereign election. But in spite of man's stubborn hatred of the word of God, some have been made willing to own their subordination to the scriptures, and it is only those who shall see that their salvation is wholly the fruit of elective grace. Let me ask the Armenian, the free willer, and the free believes he is saved because he elected or chose God. To be his Savior. Do you believe, do you believe, Mr. Free Willer, the words of Christ were him. He said, No man can come to me except the Father which has sent me. Draw him. Who is it that does the drawing unto Christ? Is it free will or the Father? Whoever or whatever it is should get the glory for it. So it is, Paul says, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. John fifteen verse sixty, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. Can we argue with so plain of speech? God forbid. John fifteen nineteen I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. Thank God for election, for had he not chosen me, I would have never chosen him. For left to my perverted intellect and depraved nature. I would have never seen anything attractive in the poor carpenter's son from Nazareth. In Acts thirteen, forty eight, and when the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and glorified the word of the Lord, and as many, not all, but as many as were ordained to eternal life, believed. The term ordained simply means appointed or chosen. Their belief was the fruit of their ordination. As plainly stated in the text, and not the other way around. Mark thirteen, verse twenty. But for the say, whom he had chosen, he has shortened the days. That is the days of tribulation suffering have been shortened for the say, whom he has chosen. In Luke eighteen, seventeen, shall not God avenge his own elect. Election is of God. Therefore, we correctly refer to it as sovereign election. Election is of God's free and unmerited favor, simply by his sovereign grace. Even so, then, at this present time also, there is a remnant according to the election of grace. Thus, we refer to it as unconditional election. Meaning there was not the first condition which man must satisfy in order for God to choose him. Nay, not even the exercise of his so-called free will. Election is according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. Election is eternal according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world. Ephesians 1, four. In this brief text, the who, where, and when of election is stated, and even the what of election is included. Let us comment, 2 Thessalonians 2.13 God has from the beginning chosen you to salvation. Seeing then that election is before time, it is certainly before birth. In Romans chapter 9, verses 11 and 12, we read, or the children being not yet born, neither having done any good or evil, that the purpose of God according to election might stand, it was said unto her, The eldest shall serve the younger. God says to Jeremiah, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee, and before thou camest forth from the womb, I sanctified thee, and ordained thee a prophet unto the nation. Jeremiah was not only elected unto salvation before time and birth, but his call to preach was in the eternal purpose of God. Jeremiah 1, verse 5. In 2 Timothy 1, verse 9, Who hath saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. The eternality of election is seen in the fact that God's purpose to save and to the beginning of the world. And redemptive grace was proportioned for the elect, or we might say was appropriated for the elect in the person of their substitute, Christ Jesus. Here the ages were ever conceived are born. Election is the work of God And is therefore eternal. For the Scripture says, I know that whatsoever God doeth, it shall be forever. Nothing can be put to it, nor anything taken from it. And God doeth it that men should fear before Him. Ecclesiastes 1, Ecclesiastes 3, and verse 14. No doubt these words helped inspire the words of the oldest Baptist confession of faith in America, wherein we read, By the decree of God, for the manifestation of His glory. Some men and angels are predestinated or foreordained to eternal life through Jesus Christ, to the praise of His glorious grace, others being left to act in their sin, to their just condemnation, to the praise of His glorious justice. These angels and men, thus predestinated and foreordained, are particularly and unchangeably designed, and their number so certain and definite that it cannot be either increased or diminished. The Philadelphia Baptist Confession of Faith. Nehemiah 9 verse 7, Thou art the Lord who didst choose Abram, and broughtest him forth out of Ur of the Caliph, and gavest him the name Abraham. Who did choose Abraham? The Bible tells us that God did. That is personal, individual election. David says, The Lord God of Israel chose me. David did not say he was the only one whom the Lord had chosen, but he did say, The Lord chose me. Speaking of Paul, to Ananias the Lord says, He is a chosen vessel unto me. In John 13, 18, Christ said, I know whom I have chosen. Beloved, sovereign, Unconditional election is of individuals, but bless God, we need to preach it because it is of God.